Welcome to the Fire Church Podcast. Today we pray Holy Spirit will speak through this message and into your life right where you are. Praise God. Hey, why don't you just lift your hands right now and just thank God for what He's doing this morning. Let's worship Jesus. God, we give you praise. We thank you for your goodness, that you're here. Man, we just thank you for the miracles you did last night. God, thank you for removing bone spurs. Wow, isn't that incredible? God, thank you for forgiving sin. Thank you for breaking addiction, Lord, that you made us a new creation in Christ. Man, isn't that amazing? Just stay right there and worship. But I want you to hear this word, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Woo, man, that's fire right there. You want to stay on fire right there. This is, this is it right here. So, man, just lift your hands. Just think about that for a second. When Jesus rose from the grave, Mary Magdalene saw him. First words that came out of his mouth were, rejoice. <laughs> she probably fell to the ground and shook like a leaf. When you rejoice in Christ, you see that he's alive and you see all the stuff going on in your life in proper perspective underneath the lordship of Jesus. So God, we just rejoice in you. Right now, lift your voices and just rejoice. Woo! We rejoice. We rejoice in who you are. You're alive. You are Lord of all. Jesus is king. <laughs> Woo! It's hard to rejoice and stay in despair at the same time. It's hard to rejoice and walk in self-pity at the same time. It's hard to rejoice and, and live with a foreboding spirit at the same time. And I've battled all of those things. I've battled self-pity. I've battled feeling bad for myself. I've battled foreboding. I've battled something bad's about to happen. I've battled all those thoughts. And you know what's crazy? It's like, I think it was Mark Twain who said, I battled fear a lot in my life. And when I realized most of my fears never even happened. But when you rejoice in the Lord, you see from a proper perspective. Praise God. So God, we just rejoice in you. Thank you that you're alive. You're for us. You're not against us. You're our Father, God. God, that you're on our side. Lord, that you're transforming us through every situation we, we face from glory to glory. God, that nothing is wasted in you. Use, use every trial, every time we fall short. You use it all, God, for our good and your glory because we're called according to your purposes because we love you. And you're fashioning in us the image of Christ. Put your hand on your heart. You're fashioning in us the image of Christ. You're making us more like you. Even through bad choices we make sometimes and even through, you know, seasons of, of, of turmoil, you, you're, you're just, you use it all. You don't cause everything, but you, you're faithful to use it. So, God, we just look to you right now as the author and perfecter of our faith with hope. <laughs> Put your hand on your belly and just rub it right now and just say, there's hope in there. Ha <laughs> ha. There's hope in there. <laughs> uh, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. In everything, 
give thanks. You just lost your job, give thanks. God's opening up a new opportunity. You just had a fight with your spouse, give thanks for her. Give thanks for him and praise God that he's actually teaching you and going to give you grace through it. You just, you just got a bad diagnosis. God, thank you that we found it. And now we have a prayer target. And God, we have something to believe you for. And we get to see you move in miracles. We get to think we're going to see you move on our behalf. You just, you just, you know, got hit with a big bill. God, thank you that we're going to see how you move in this because I put you first in my finances, God. I put you, I don't have holes in my purse. You're my provider. And I'm, I'm walking in covenant with you. In covenant with you. Come on. Give thanks. God, I thank you that you live inside of me. God, I thank you that you're not dead. You're alive in me. And Lord, I activate my faith, not according to my feelings, not according to my circumstances, but according to your written word that never changes, that you are alive. You're for me. You're not against me. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. (laughs) Nothing's impossible with God. Oftentimes we read it like nothing's impossible for God, but that's like, you know, pushing this, the miracles of God off into some millennial that we have no responsibility for. But we are called to co-labor with heaven. Heaven lives inside of us. He moves with our faith. He, we can't ever do anything without God, correct? But he'll never do anything without us. Amen? He moves through our faith. He moves through us. And he only requires a little bit of faith, seed faith. And all of a sudden, he just shows up in a big way. Praise God. In everything, give thanks. Wow. How many guys are thankful for your mom? Man, man, I'm thankful for my mom. I'm thankful. I was a wrestler in high school. I could tear your leg off and beat you with it back in the day. (laughs) And... um, my mom was at every wrestling match with her big old camera. And my mom is 50% Italian and 50% German. She's like four foot nothing, but I tell you what, you do not mess with her. She'd be screaming at me, get him, Tom, get him, just, just frothing at the mouth, you know, I mean, just like throwing things at the other person's mom. My son's going to kill your son. She was just loyal to the bone. My mom was, she's amazing. She's amazing praise God give thanks this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you but Tom I've gone through hard things my parents hurt me I understand that most of us have pain from our childhood but we can still give thanks in the middle of it because God's our healer in the middle of it I'm not a victim to the memories my parents did or did not do growing up They did their best with what they had, and I can give thanks. And in that place, I'm powerful to forgive, to love, to not live underneath circumstances that I'm not even under anymore. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Praise God. Give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. God, what do you want me to do with my life? What do you want me to do with my life? There it is. But that's not directional. It doesn't matter. Have the right spirit in you. And then... Do whatever you want. (laughs) God's with you. Amen? God's with you. He cares more about how you get there than where you get there. Thank you, God. Just put your hand on your neighbor. Just just release more. Just, God, get him. 
just, just pray, a, pray a prayer like hit him with your best shot. Fire away. <laughs> Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Now put your hand on the person who needs it the most. Lay hands on yourself. <laughs> Man, I love Australians. Y'all are some of my favorite people on the planet. Now pray for yourself. God, fill me with hope today. Hope today. Overflowing. Abounding with hope. Now may the God of peace fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13. Jesus, I pray let your hope, God, the hope just rise, rise, rise in our hearts. I speak to the fearful hearts in this room. Speak to anxious minds. Speak to the depressed hearts right now. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Don't be afraid. God's for you. He's not against you. He's alive. He's alive. You feel like you're drowning. He's not going to give you a high five as you go under the water. <laughs> He's going to reach out and grab your hand. Pull you up. If you, ask, if you need wisdom, you ask for it. He gives without finding reproach. He's not looking at you like, you should have known better. That's the voice of the accuser. That's the voice. Of the, that's not your father. Amen. Praise God. All right. You look better after that. Why don't you go ahead and hug somebody and grab your seats. Maybe I'll preach the word here. Praise God. It's such an honor to be here. Uh, this morning with you on your X celebration, 10th anniversary of, of such a great church. How many guys have been here from the beginning? Raise your hand. 10 years. Let's go, buddy. Come on. That's amazing. Come on. That's amazing. 10 years. All right. That's, you're good. You're here. Praise God. You're here. Wonderful. Wonderful. And Mother's Day at that. I'm preaching on Mother's Day. I don't know that I've ever preached on a Mother's Day before. I think this is going to be my first. Now I'm going to be honest. I don't have a Mother's Day message. So don't shoot the messenger. But you will be encouraged. You know, we've often joked in my family that if it wasn't for my wife, the mother of my children, my kids would be all starving, look like ragged kids, never be on time for school be mad because they didn't have a snack for lunch. You know, the list goes on. We'd never go on vacation because she plans everything. I mean, just like our life would be miserable without my wife, their mother. And so moms, y'all make the world go round. Y'all make the world go round. One time, one time I call, I'm sitting there and all of a sudden the phone rang. And it was my son who he's not the most talkative kid in the world. He's amazing, but, you know, whatever. 
He calls me, and I'm like, oh, my son's calling me. Pick the phone, and he, hey, bud, what's up? And he goes, hey, where's mom? <laughs> and I thought to myself, I knew it. <laughs> Gave her the phone. <laughs> it's awesome. Awesome, awesome. I love moms. Can we just give the moms a big hand again in this room? Woo, you're the heroes of the world. How many of you, how many moms here right now, you have kids at home under 10 years old? Raise your hands. You are the heroes in this place, too. I travel and I see moms that are like, you know, I've seen moms, that like either their husband's not there or whatever, traveling with kids alone, and I'm like, you're the hero on this plane. You're the absolute hero on this plane, traveling with kids by yourself. So just, just amazing. Hey, grab your Bibles and go to Mark chapter 5. We're going to jump into the Word this morning, and I'm going to preach a word called, It's Time to Get Your Hopes Up. It's time to get your hopes up. How many of you guys in the last few years under lockdowns and everything happening in the world you lost hope before. Anybody else here besides me? We got any honest folks in the room where you had a discouraging day, you felt despair, you felt, what is going on in the world? Right? And uh, this is a message that I have stewarded in my life for a lot of years. And having an anchor of hope for my soul is what's pulled me through challenging times. And uh, I want to talk to you about hope because. Honestly, this is what's shaped my life for, for so many years. You know, when I first became Bill Johnson's youth pastor 12 years ago, it was a year or two in. I'm standing there on a Sunday morning, and Bill, you know, how many of you guys have ever heard Bill Johnson preach? Okay. He just gets up there with his thumbs in his pockets, and he'll say, like, a sentence. And you just need to go to a coffee shop and process that one thought, right? He stood up, and he said... Any thought that's not glistening with hope is underneath the influence of a lie. And as his youth pastor, I'm standing there going, dang it. I thought I was stronger than this. I'm believing lies somewhere in my life because I had some areas of hopelessness that I was, I was battling, just to be honest. You know, when hardships come, the first, the, the, the world that we manifest is the one that we're most connected to. You know, and in my journey, I, I, never, I never thought hope was something tangible. In my thoughts, hope was like, hey, hope you have a good marriage. Good luck. You know, somebody says that to you. Or, hey, good luck with your game. Hope it goes well. You know, or, hey, you just graduated college. Hope you get a job. That's what, in my mind, kind of what hope looked like. Now, I knew what faith looked like. Faith is you believe something, you believe God for something specific. But what do you do when that thing you're believing for, for a specific thing, doesn't work out? Faith without hope gets weird because faith is specific, but hope is general. When you're believing God for, I'm, I believe I'm going to get that job. I got a dream. Something happened. I feel like this is it. I'm believing God for it. Or I met, you go out on a coffee date with somebody, and you're like, man, I feel like this could be my spouse. We're falling in love. And then it doesn't work out, and you don't have any hope, but all you had was faith, and that faith didn't work out without hope. All of a sudden, you're like, life is over. God's not real. The day didn't work out. Right? 
or it doesn't work out the way you're believing God for. But when you have hope, you just know Romans 8, 28 says, for God works all things. Everybody say all things. All things, even that thing. All things together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. For God, whom foreknew, he worked all things to, so that we could be fashioned into the image of Christ. Then you can test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Romans 12, once you transform by the reading of your mind. So hope is something that you know, you know what? I don't know how, what's going to work out, but I know it's going to work out because God's for me. God's with me. In fact, many times when I move in faith, I don't see, I rarely, actually, I never see how it's all going to work out. I see in part, and I move in part, but I don't see in whole. Does that make sense? And, and so when I, when I move in faith, I just know I have hope. Oh, God's working things out. Why? Because I'm following what he wants. He's for me. I'm his kid. He ain't going to leave me or abandon me. So I'm going to walk with confidence. How's that going to work out? I don't know. God's going to work it out. Amen? So I want to talk to you today about how to walk with hope. Now, faith, is, you know, I told you guys last night that I met, uh, or that David Hogan changed my life in 1997, and he did. I, I went to uh, the Brownsville Revival School of Ministry, and when I got there, I had had a kidney infection. My back hurt so bad, I couldn't even walk sometimes. And I was praying. I'm like, I don't know what's going on with my body. I did not know how to move in faith at the time. Definitely didn't know what hope was yet. And uh, I, I go to school of ministry. We're there for two months, and David Hogan comes to our school of ministry. At that time, they'd seen nearly 300 people raised from the dead. And I'm like, who is this man, and what Bible is he reading? Because that's what I want, right? He's preaching, and he's talking about bones being broken out of this person's arm and prayers prayer for us he gets the he watches the bone go back into the skin the skin still up right in front of his eyes and there's blood on his hands but the there the skin is completely sealed up as if it never got broken i mean like crazy miracles that he had seen for over 25 years in mexico and my faith is being recalibrated from my experience to what the word of god says is possible through the message and life of David Hogan. And so um, here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing all this, this, this for a whole week, all the miracles. But I needed a miracle myself because, you know, I'm hearing about God raising people from the dead. I'm hearing about witches and warlocks being confronted and that Jesus is king and that he's more powerful than all the powers of darkness and the drug cartels he's facing than then all of this present reality stuff, Jesus is king over it all, and my faith is getting stirred as I'm hearing it all, but my symptoms are telling me something different. Does that make sense? See, faith doesn't ignore symptoms. It just refuses to let them have a place of influence. Amen. I don't know if you guys heard me. I'll try this side over here. <laughs> Faith doesn't ignore facts, but it refuses to let it have a place of influence. They did better than y'all, and they were smaller. <laughs> it's important to understand how faith works because, you know, we don't want to be, like, fake and pretend like I don't, I'm not in pain. 
That's not faith. But faith knows that I'm anchored in an unseen realm. Faith brokers the kingdom of God. Fear is faith in the wrong kingdom. It's false evidence appearing real. You wake up one day, you got a symptom, and all of a sudden it's like, we're all going to die. Amen? Don't put your trust in that. Acknowledge it. Okay, but God, I'm looking to you. You're, my, you're the one who's going to pull me through. See, here I am. David Hogan's preaching all week, stirring me up. And um, I'm like, okay, God, what? <laughs> what's going on here? Friday, he says, if you need a miracle in your body, raise your hand. I raise my hand. Somebody walks up. They put their hand on my shoulder. They pray for me. And guess what I felt? Nothing. I'm like, what is going on? And um, Saturday, I, I, I woke up. And you know what's amazing? I had something burning on the inside of me I didn't have before. I had a faith and I had a hope I was believing God for that I didn't have before I got prayer. Now, my symptoms were still telling me I'm more powerful than Jesus. But I had a faith inside of me saying, body, line up with the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. I take authority over this pain, and I command you to leave. And you know what happened? Nothing. It stayed that day on Saturday. And I woke up Sunday, and you know what I had? I had a faith in my heart that was anchored in something greater than my symptoms. So I could stand and speak as a son in authority against these symptoms. Body line up with the kingdom of God. Monday, Tuesday morning, I woke up, went to the bathroom, and I passed a kidney stone I didn't even know that I had. How many guys ever passed a kidney stone? Okay. Let me ask you a question. Could, they, could you see it? Was it so small you couldn't even see it? So small you couldn't even see it, but did it put you in the hospital? Did you need morphine? Lots of morphine. Couldn't see the kidney stone. Here, here you go. You ready? Are you ready? This kidney stone was the size of a Tic Tac. And when it came out, there was no pain and no blood. It just came out, and I was instantly healed. Listen, I got that Tic Tac out of the toilet, y'all. Put it in a bag like I had just cut Goliath's head off and walked around my campus and said, look what the Lord has done. I see somebody rejoicing and somebody going, Ugh. My wife saw it. Jagged edges all over it. The doctor, when I finally saw a doctor, he said, I don't know what to say. I told him when, it, when the, there was no pain when it came out. That's faith. That's faith. I didn't know how to put it into language, but while my faith didn't work on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, I still had hope being trusting in God, right? Hope is anchored in the goodness of God. Hope is anchored that you know something good is about to happen in your life. Go with me to Mark chapter 5, and we're going to look at an example here of Jesus, okay? Mark 5, 35, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? So now, in this guy's mind, faith was dead, right? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogues, 
Do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and he saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. And when he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he put them all outside, he took the father and the mother and the child and those who were with him, and he entered the house where the child was lying. And then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately she woke up, said, get, get her some Chick-fil-A. She's hungry. <laughs> I know you don't have Chick-fil-A here. You all know what it is. It's Christian food. It's anointed. You know, hope looks irrational to the hopeless. He took everybody that was hopeless. It was logical to wail and weep, and he said, out. And then he took three guys with him that he knew who would be the strongest to believe with him, Peter, James, and John. Everybody else, out. He took them in. See, sometimes when you're battling for a place of hope in your life, family's not always the best place to go. you got to find people in your life that are full of hope, that have seen God move, that are like, I'm willing to stand with you. Let's go. I'm going in with you. You need people that are standing in hope with you. I know it didn't work out. I know that happened. But you know what? We, we're feeding on the testimonies of what God has done, and we believe he's going to do it again. I'm standing with you. Everybody needs friends like that in their lives they can walk in hope with. See, but here's the point. Jesus was never shaken by the hopelessness of the crowd. He, only took, he took the people with him who had hope and belief that the new miracle was about to happen. You see, your beliefs are everything with this. Hope is anchored. Hope is the inheritance of a child of God. We've got any children of God in this place. You've been born again. The Spirit of God lives inside of you. This is your inheritance. What's an inheritance? When my grandpa passed away, my mom got money, and she came to me and said, Hey, grandpa passed away, gave me money. I got I want to buy you a, a new saw for your wood shop in your, in your garage. I was like, oh, that's amazing. So I got this saw, and I look at it all the time, and it's from my grandpa's inheritance money. I did nothing to receive it. It just came to me as a gift. And we did nothing to earn this place of inheritance we have in Christ. We are seated with Christ, co-laborers, seated with Christ in heavenly places, heirs of God. Hello. Like everything you would ever need is found in him. You have hope, this anchor for your soul. Hebrews tells us, let us hold fast the confession of hope for he who promised is faithful. In other words, don't let go of this confession of hope. Amen? So, how many guys want to walk in hope? All right? How many guys want to be a church that's just known for radical hope? You want a place of radical influence in Melbourne, Australia? Then you got to be a person who walks in radical hope. You'll have the, the person with the most hope has the most influence in their city. The person with the most hope. Amen? You get around people at work, people in your family, they just think you're weird. But they know where to go when they need a miracle. Because they've seen you walk through stuff, and they've seen you be victorious. You see... The Roman soldier, one of the Roman soldiers, didn't even believe Jesus was the Son of God till he watched the way he died. But when Christ died and breathed his last, the Roman soldier looked at him and said, Shh, that was the Son of God. Wow. 
Sometimes you're walking through something, I don't understand, the faith isn't working. I'm declaring, I'm speaking, I'm, I'm, I'm believing, I'm, I'm standing, and, and you know what? I know it's coming. I'm not seeing the breakthrough like I want to see, but hope is the net that has me in his hands. And I know breakthrough's coming. I know not just what I've believed, I know in whom I've believed. Amen? Hope is anchored in the goodness of God, and Jesus is that revelation of who God is. What does God look like? Most important question you could ever answer in your life. Who do you say that I am, Jesus asked his disciples. What's he look like? What's God look like in your life? What's God look like? Any thought you have of Jesus, any thought you have of God that you can't find in the person of Jesus has reason to be questioned. I'll try over here. You guys are my encouragement. Any thought you have of God that you can't find in the person of Jesus has reason to be questioned. Y'all need some help. You like some cheekiness, right? Fair dinkum. I don't even know what that means. It's just fun to say. I could be swearing for all I know. <laughs> How do you see Jesus treating his disciples? How do you see him treating sinners? How do you see him treating the accused? How do you see him being there for people when they call on him? That's who he is for you. That's God in your life. John 10.10 says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So what we believe about God is really important when it comes to walking in hope because whatever thought you have in your mind that you're making an agreement with is actually the spirit that gets released in your soul. Oh, I don't know if it's all going to work out. What thought is that you're agreeing with? God's name is Emmanuel. God's with us, right? He's with us. God's with you, sir. He's with you in your business. It's just like, whoa, he's with me. So what thought do I have that's connected to him that actually releases faith and hope in my life? You know what? This relationship didn't work out, but I know God's with me, and you're with me in my pain, and we're going to walk through it together. It becomes the shield of faith to stand against fiery darts of the enemy. Amen. Hope is anchored in the goodness of God. You know, one of the greatest scriptures in the, New Te in the Old Testament to describe what it's like to walk in hope is found in Ezekiel 37, where God took Ezekiel to the Valley of Dry Bones, and he asked him a question. Son of man, can these bones live? And he answered the way that most of us would answer when we look at something that looks really, really dead. Oh, Lord God, you know. <laughs> it's a religious answer. Uh, I don't know, God. You know. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Again, he said to him, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord to these bones, surely you shall cause breath to enter them, and you shall live. I'll put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover your skin. You know the rest of the verse, right? The, bone, the bones begin to rattle. How long? He spoke. How long did they start rattling? Scripture doesn't say. But have you ever spoken to something and you didn't see it happen at first? And you're waiting as the bones just sat there? Oh, Lord... <laughs> The bones of my marriage are just too dry. I don't know if your God can actually do something 
Let's just laugh at that. That's just kind of funny. I mean, is there anything too hard for God? Amen. These bones are hard in my country. I don't know. It's just hard ground. I don't, I don't know if the power of God is strong enough to break this. Ha ha. That's just funny. The dry, the dry bones of my body. <laughs> we could go on and on. But he commanded him to speak to the dry bones. Don't be afraid. Speak to the dry bones. How many of you guys got a situation in your life that's full of dry bones? And as you look at it, you're like, uh, maybe. If the Lord would ask you, can that live? In that situation in your life, what would your reaction be? Oh, Lord God, you know. <laughs> We've all been there, right? And that's why it's important to understand in us learning how to walk in the kingdom of God who lives inside of us, that he moves through our declarations, our beliefs that we carry, the voices that we listen to, what we're speaking, right? So the current battleground to dry bones in your life is the training ground for you walking in supernatural hope. God's a good father, right? He doesn't ever put us in, a, in front of a situation where, where we're prepared to fail. He always prepares us for, to, for victory. But we get into those situations sometimes and we fail and then he's sitting there like a father waiting to encourage us and pick us back up to get up again and try again. And he keeps putting us in that situation around the mountain, around the mountain, around the mountain, not to punish us, but, but to show us, I've prepared you for victory so that you can, are you going to let it speak to you or are you going to speak to it? What's happening? What's going on? Have you guys ever heard of the analogy? A kid went to his father and said, Dad, I want to get strong to play football. I want to get strong. And the dad said, Great. See that rock in our backyard? No. Yeah, I see it. I want you to go push on it. Push on the rock? Yes, that doesn't make any sense. Do you want to play football or not? You want to be strong? Yes, push on the rock. So his son went and he pushed on the rock for hours. He pushed on the rock. He pushed on the rock. He pushed. The next day, he said, I want you to push on it again. He pushed on the rock. He pushed on the rock. The next day, he kept pushing. And he kept pushing, and he was getting tired, and he was getting frustrated. Dad, why do you want me to push on this rock? Keep pushing on the rock, son. He kept pushing. After a few weeks, after a month goes by, Dad, I can't take it anymore. Why do you want me to push on the rock? And he says, son, because what you're growing on the inside of you is what's going to be stronger than what's going on on the outside of you. The character that's being built in you, the fortitude that's being built in you, and your legs now, your hips, your back, you're ready to play football. So sometimes God allows us to be in a situation that he never caused. Never to punish you because he's a good father. But because he's already prepared you to take dominion and rule as sons and daughters of God and speak to situations not just in our lives but in the lives around us so that we can see his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He uses all things for my good and his glory because he's good and he's faithful. So when those lies come in and those thoughts that cause you to, to despair, that cause you to question, 
that we, we're all hearing the same lies, by the way. The devil has no new creativity. He has the same lies he projects on all of us. You're alone. You can't do this. You failed God. He's not happy with you. You're being tempted because you, you're broken. You're all these different thoughts. And he's actually just, he's just on his, his propaganda machine just telling us all the same lies. But that's why you have something on the inside of you called greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. As he is, so am I in this world. And you speak a different word. The kingdom of God is voice activated. And as you speak what he's saying, the principalities and powers of the air have to bow their knee to the name of Jesus. Not because you're fighting for victory, but because you're fighting from victory. He is defeated. It is finished. He is alive. And as you approach every situation as a son, as a daughter of God, you don't come to it as one who has no power inside of you. You don't come to it powerless and, and a victim. You've already been transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you can approach any situation with faith and victory, knowing God's for me. He's not against me. You're learning how to see in faith, how to see in hope. See, hope is the confident expectation that good is coming. My son, when he turned five or six years old, all he wanted for, for his birthday was a lizard. Not one of these cool Australian dinosaurs, all right? But like a little gecko lizard. And so we got him a lizard and... We, we packaged it up, and we put it in on the kitchen counter, and he, we have basements in, you know, some parts of America, and he's down in the basement. Son! He's like, yeah. I said, happy birthday. It's time to come open up your present. He whips around the corner, hit his little buzz cut, and his big smile on his face. He saw my face. Dad. He comes flying up the stairs, walks around, opens up to the top, and goes, it's a lizard. And he was just happy. And we were like, woo, and seeing him happy made me happy. How could my son know he had hope something good was about to happen? Because he has a good father preparing good things for his life. And his expectation wasn't in some thief or robber that was outside the house saying, I'm going to make sure your birthday's terrible. Nobody's going to get you anything. It's going to suck. Wasn't even a thought in his mind because he lives in my father's house. He ran up the stairs. Something good was about to happen. That's, that's what hope looks like. So we're going to talk in just a second about how to renew your mind in hope. But the first thing I want to do is talk about hopelessness. Let's confront that for a second. We've all felt hopeless, right? Hopelessness is the disease of the church. Hopelessness is like cancer to your soul. And hopelessness and hope, we have the power to actually change. Whether you live in hope or you're hopeless has nothing to do with your address, current circumstance, or relational situation. But has everything you do with the thoughts you make partnership with. Because the kingdom of God lives in you, and it is not a kingdom of despair. It is a kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Hopelessness is a disease. I went to Siberia, Russia with Chris Fallon one time. We was there for nine days. And when we were flying home, we had a blast. When we were flying home, um, 
Good Lord. We're flying home. And I started feeling really sick. It was bad, y'all. It was bad. I needed a mom with me. And Chris Valentin was not a mom. We land in Frankfurt, and my stomach's like, oh, this is not good. I caught some kind of Siberian flu. So we walk into the airport, and I went to the bathroom, and I cast out demons. Y'all know what I'm saying. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, we're going to be flying home like this. This is awful. So we, we, we get on the plane. The upgrades is the first class. We get on the plane. The plane's going that direction, and I'm facing this way, and there's Chris, me, and some poor soul who never said hi to me for 14 hours. Didn't even look my direction. And we're sitting there, and he says to the flight attendant, excuse me, do you have any Alka-Seltzer or Pepto-Bismol? So she brings me some Alka-Seltzer, and he says, here, drink this. And I'm like, Chris, I don't think that's a good idea. And he's like, just trust me, drink it. I'm like, I don't think that'll work. Trust me, drink it. And I thought, well, he's a prophet. Hope this works. <laughs> so I get about half of it down, stop. We take off, we're in the air, and my body's just... He's like, how you doing? And I'm like, terrible. If you guys have been so sick, you just lost all care. You didn't care if the president of the United States was sitting next to you. You are just like, don't even care. And he's just like, really? You feel terrible? I'm like, yes, awful. And he's like, like you're going to throw up again? And I'm like, yep. So he begins to frantically search, and there's no bags anywhere, and he gives me a pillowcase. <laughs> I'll spare you the details. If this was youth group, I'd give it all, but I'm... Long story short, it was bad. We get in the air, and I'm just, like, so discouraged. I'm so discouraged. Like, I'm so sick. And we got to fly. It's going to take, like, 20, 20, 20 more hours, 20, maybe 25 to get home. And I'm, like, so sick. And, uh, and I go to the bathroom after we get in the air, and I'm, I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm so sick, Lord. I looked up, and I looked at myself in the mirror, and I had really dumb thoughts. You guys ever had dumb thoughts before? These thoughts were like this. Lord, kill me. Kill me now. Take me home. My wife is beautiful. There's a lot of people in Bethel that would probably like to marry her. Just whatever. Give her another husband. My kids could have another dad. Just kill me now. Take me home. We make the worst decisions and have the worst thoughts when we're hopeless. Right? Don't move on hopeless thinking. It's a silly story, but it's true. Like, we make the stupidest choices. We think the dumbest things when we're hopeless. And we all get hopeless at times. I don't care who you are. Everybody battles sometimes. But that's why it's called the good fight of faith. So don't make choices when you're not feeling good. When you're feeling bad for yourself and you're operating in a spirit of self-pity, recognize it. Wait a minute. This is not hope. This is not joy. Somebody help me get this off of me. I got people in my life that I go to, friends, that when I'm having a bad day, when I'm going through something in my mind, I'm like, hey, Tim, man, I'm battling. I've been having these thoughts. I had a bad dream. I just can't get this depression off of me. Can't this discourage me. I can't afford to live discouraged. And he'll speak to me, and we'll, we'll go to war for each other. we got to live full of hope. Why? This world is looking for a reason to believe. 
Our families are looking for, why do I want to believe in a God that you're always discouraged about? Or I want to, why, I would, there's no reason I would ever not want to believe in God because of the faith I see in you. Amen. Live in courage. Hopelessness, what do you do with hopelessness? I got good news for you. You guys ready? Hopelessness is a tip-off that you're believing a lie. So the good news is, if I feel hopeless, I can stop and go, what's the truth? And I can just change the station. Amen? Replace the hopelessness with truth. Truth releases hope. Lies release hopelessness. There's the whole message right there. You're welcome. All right. You want to learn how to walk in hope now? All right. The place where, I already said this, the place we're battling for is the training ground for becoming a carrier of hope. Becoming a carrier of hope. If you're facing the same situation over and over again, and it's causing you to lose hope, right, find out what's the truth in this situation. If you can't find it, get other friends around you and say, help me find the truth. Because truth is what empowers, truth is what gives you strength. Hope is the overflow of the beliefs that we are anchored in truth. Hope is the overflow. Romans 10, Romans 15, 13. Now, now may the God of hope, everybody say God of hope. God of hope. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Everybody shout believing. Shout believing. Shout it again. Believe it. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Abound. Abound. You guys know Tigger? Woo. Abound. Hope looks like something. It's a felt reality. In believing. What are you believing about your situation? What I believe about problems is more important than the problems that I actually face. So, how do you, how do you operate in this? Get a journal. And start journaling and start finding truth for your situation that releases hope. Romans 10, 17. First of all, it's your beliefs. I believe God's for me. God's a good God. He's fighting on my behalf. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to partner my thoughts with him to release heaven on earth in my life, in my family, and in those around me. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That's rhema word, something that's spoken. Amen. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to know what God's pleasing will is for your life. Romans 15, 13, we said that one. And then what you can do is, how do you grow in this? A couple of things. How many of you have ever worried before about something? Right? My grandma has a PhD in worry, had a PhD in being worried. It's a professional worry ward, right? If you know how to worry, then you know how to meditate. Just change the station. Pretty simple. Biblical, now, New Age meditation is empty your mind and just let whatever comes, comes. It's the worst prophecies I've ever received from people who don't know the Word of God. Biblical meditation is fill your mind with the Word, with testimonies, with good reports, with praiseworthy things. Meditate on those things. You know, another thing, the way I learned how to meditate was by going to Switzerland. And I, you know, being raised in America, man, Hershey's chocolate was our options growing up. Y'all feel bad for me right now. You do, right? You, you feel it. It's just Hershey's is like 
plastic with cocoa flavoring. Then I go to Switzerland. I'm there in Switzerland, and I got real chocolate. Somebody better shout soon, right? I go, somebody brings me some Norwegian chocolate. I don't even had. I think I've had chocolate from us, from you guys. It's just like, oh, my gosh, this is real. And it's like when you put real chocolate in your mouth, you don't eat it fast. You just let it sit there on your tongue. I brought it home and I, to my kids. I'm like, okay, kids, I'm going to give you an experience you've never had before. I'm like, they're like, okay. And I'm like, I ain't talking about no cheap Hershey's knockoff brand chocolate. I'm talking about real chocolate. Put that in your mouth. And they're like, okay. I said, don't chew it. And they're like, all right. I'm like, just trust me. Just sit there for a minute. We're sitting there with a piece of chocolate in our mouth, waiting as it begins to melt. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, I get it now. I'm like, yep. As the chocolate is having its way and creating revival on my taste buds <laughs> and, and upgrading my mind to help me understand there is, there is power in good chocolate. <laughs> you know, meditating on the Word of God Meditation actually in the Hebrew means to muse, to think, to proclaim, to speak, to sing. Think it, pray it, say it, read it, believe it, walk it, think it, pray it. It's just like it's just looping. How many of you guys ever get a loop in your brain and you're just worrying about something? Fear. You just looped on the wrong thing. Get looped on the Word of God. There's so much. I could preach a whole other message on that. Joshua chapter 1. Meditate on this word day and night so that you may make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Whew, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Okay? Meditate. Speak it. Declare it. Sing it. Say it. Think it. And you begin to walk in hope. Number five, the biggest voice of hope will carry the most influence in our cities. I already said that one earlier. But this world needs hope. But the first thing we got to do is grow in hope ourselves. Okay, everybody stand. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. I feel like there's an expectation in the room. You guys want to see God move. So let's just, you know what? Let's just, let's just deal with some hopeless thinking, right? Stinking thinking. <laughs> Praise God. Isn't this empowering to know that I can just I can grab truth and 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 not be a victim to other things. I can actually choose what I think about. Praise God. So right now, just put your hand. I'm just gonna I'm not even gonna ask. Who needs to repent? Everybody does. All right, from hopeless thinking, from choosing unbelief over believing God, there's more than enough evidence in the Word of God alone just to, just to make you want to shout that Jesus is with you and He's alive. Amen. Miracles are awesome, but His Word already proclaims it. So put your hand on your heart and just say, Jesus, forgive me. I repent. I change the way I think from hopeless thinking, from viewing this situation in my life from a human perspective. God, thank you that you are for me. You're not against me. You're with me. You've not left me. You'll never abandon me. I trust you, God. I believe you, God. Thank you for your goodness. You're a good father. And I trust in you. I worship you. I exalt you, King Jesus. Jesus Christ is king. Over my marriage over my heart, 
over my future. I will not fear. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When evil men come against me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though worry encamp against me, though anxiety encamp against me, though hopelessness encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Come on. Jesus is alive. We declare the next 10 years of Fire Church to be a 10 years of radical, supernatural hope. Radical, supernatural hope in Jesus' name. God, I pray, raise up Fire Church to be a church of radical hope for Melbourne, Australia for Sydney, Australia, for Brisbane, Australia, for Perth, Australia. God, we pray, let this place be a beacon of hope that believes against all things. God, that believes against impossible situations, that trusts you in the middle of storms. Thank you, God. We trust you, God. Jesus Christ is alive. He is king. Maybe you're in this room right now and you'd say, you know what, I've never put my trust in him. I don't know. I've, I've never... I've never trusted him. I've been, you've been making choices that you know are contrary to the word of God, things you wouldn't be proud of, and you feel alone, you feel lost. Everybody bow your heads and close your eyes in this place. If you feel like, you know what, I know I've, I don't have hope. I don't have God in my life. I'm not asking you, were you raised in church? I'm asking you, are you in his church? I'm not asking you, if you teach Sunday school, I'm asking you, do you know Jesus? I'm not asking you right now, do you do good works? Because good works will never outweigh, out, outweigh the bad works. Jesus is, is king. It's his righteousness alone. Washing us in his blood that makes us right with God. It's not your good works. None of us could earn our way to God. Have you received the free gift of life? The free gift of life. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So if you're in this room right now and you say, you know what, I, wanna, I want that. I'm ready to surrender myself. I'll do it later, Tom. I'm, I don't want to pray right now. I don't, I don't know anybody here. You, you know what? Why would you wait? Are you crazy? You've been offered the greatest gift anybody could ever receive. We're not asking you to join this church. We're not asking you. We don't care about your money. We don't want anything from you. We just want you to walk out of here knowing all your sins are forgiven. Jesus is Lord of your life. He has a future and a plan for you, but it's going to take you losing your life. You have to forget about what other people think. You have to let go of where you've been and trust the hand of God that you can't see, knowing his voice is going to be in you to lead you as he puts his spirit inside of you and makes you his son and his daughter. He takes you out of an orphan planet and plants you inside of a family where you can feel loved and accepted and grow. So with every head bowed, every eye closed right now, if you're wondering, do I want to give my life to Christ now, now, now is the moment. Now is the time of salvation. I want to pray with you in just a minute, but I want you right now to do something bold. 
If you know that that's you, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at, and I want to pray with you. Raise it up high. Just say, God, I want to be, I want to know you. Come on, I see your hand right over there. Anybody else? You're not alone in this place. Anybody else? I see it right next to him. I see, I see your hand as well. Somebody else in this place. Come on, it takes courage to say, I want Jesus. I'm stepping out of my old life. God, I want you. Come on, God bless you. I see your hand right there. God bless you. You guys, you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. Man, you know, eternity is all that matters. The Bible says that it's appointed for man to die once and after that to face judgment. And nobody knows our last day on this earth. Only God knows when that's going to happen. So why would you gamble your soul on, on something so fragile such as life like this? Why would you not trust the rock of ages to be the one you can stand on for your life? Is there anybody else here? Raise your hand up high. Come on. I'm going to wait just a few more seconds. There's a wrestle going on inside of your life. And you're going, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I trust people whatever. Listen, you're coming out to trust God. Okay, here's what I want to do. If you raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to do something bold. I want to pray with you. Jesus said, whatever you agree on in prayer, together it will be done for you. The Bible says that you must be born again. Born again means we were, we once, we were born in this life in a sin nature. Sin creates death. That's just the bottom line. Sin creates death, but God creates life. And when you put your trust in him, you get born again, a new life. The old dies with Christ, and you come alive in Christ. And I want to pray with you to be born again. If you raise your hand up right now, I want you to step out of your chair. Come up front, and we want to pray with you. And, and you're, it's a prophetic act. You're leaving behind your old life, and you're coming up here to give your life to Jesus. I'm, I'm not going back. No going back. I'm burning the ships, and I'm going forward to God. Come on up. Come on up. God bless you, man. Come on. God bless you, man. This is the most important decision you could make for your entire life. Come on. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Yes. Come on. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else here? Anybody else here? Come on. So good. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. You guys are so brave. What's your name? Gemma, Gemma, Kai and Gemma. Do they know you guys? Right. You're just surrendering to Christ. You're just saying. Yeah. Come on. Come on. You want to? Uh, so the past couple of weeks, um, we haven't really been coming to church. We've had a little bit of trouble with my partner's uh, mother. She went through a surgery and it sort of went a little bit bad and um, yeah we haven't been coming for a little bit and I sort of feel like I'm a little bit separated from the Lord and um, yeah it's time to come come on you're about to be so filled with the love of God right now so filled with the love of God the Bible says anybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved he's, he's coming inside he's never left you his hand's always been on your today is, it's, it's not you're getting saved for the first time. You're rededicating your life to the Lord. You guys have given your life to Christ before. But this is a powerful moment. A powerful moment. I'm really proud of you for taking such a step. Everybody point your hands right here. Pray in the Spirit for just a minute. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit, fill. Touch, Lord. Pray this with me together all over this room. Say, Lord Jesus, come just as I am, as a sinner. 
God, forgive me. Wash me in your blood. I turn away from sin, perversion, lying, lust, trusting my own way. And God, I put my trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place on the cross. Wash me in your blood. Make me new from the inside out. I surrender all to Jesus. And I declare from this day forward, I am yours and you are mine. Come and live your life through me. Now, God, I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit and fire. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and fire right now in Jesus' mighty name. Rabba satara rabba kakakatata Robo sandaraba kakataraba sataraba papa papa Robo sandaraba kakakataraba taraba satara rarararara Robo kokoto toto mo sandaraba kakakataraba sataraba ta Batatana mo sandaraba I sense there's a, a mother in the room and perhaps it's your first time coming to church. You've been invited, invited by a family member or a friend. And in fact, you're, you're like the matriarch of the family. And uh, I feel the Lord is saying you've been doing a lot of things in your own strength. You don't know Him yet. He has a gift for you today. And it is the gift of salvation, of eternal life. It is the forgiveness of your sins. And I sense as the mother of your family and the matriarch of the family, you are going to set an example and there will be generations of believers that will follow after you. So if you're in the room today and that is you, I sense this is going to trigger something that's going to change the history of your family for the better. Can I ask you to boldly come? In fact, if you brought your mum or you brought a mother today, and uh, if you're unsure, are you right with God? Today, let's make that secure in Him. Can I just get you to turn to a mother nearby and just ask, would you like to come to the front? Jesus is calling you. Would you like to get right with God? Let's just all turn and ask the person nearby. And this might be you online as well. Is there anyone that would like to come to the front? Jesus called publicly those to follow him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Praise Jesus. Praise God. Come on. Yeah, come on. Come on. What's your name? Gina. Gina, pleasure to meet you. Peggy, welcome. Now, since as well, mothers inspire us. And I felt the Lord say, call upon the mothers now. Open it up to everyone else. Did you pray that prayer that Pastor Tom led us into a few minutes ago? And you know, down in the depths of your heart, if you were to die, you're not sure. Is it heaven or hell? You're not sure. You don't have to live with that question mark. You can secure in your heart, in your mind that you are saved and you're going to heaven. And it's abundant life from here on out. You have a Savior, you have a Deliverer and a Helper from here on out. If that's you as well, come to the front. Is there anyone else that needs to get right with God? Men and women, young and old, this is your opportunity. This is your free gift of salvation. Is there anyone else? Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
All right, let's just stretch out our hands. Father, we thank you for these beautiful people who are right now, have stepped out to say, Heavenly Father, I want to get right with you. I want to just uh, pour out my life's offering to you. Live inside my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. And help me in my life produce for you a 30, 60, 100-fold return to give you all the glory as a reward for your suffering. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Let's give it up for those that have given their hearts to Jesus today. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about Fire Church, head to our website, firechurch.com.au. And don't forget to connect with us on social media, on Instagram, fire.church, Facebook, Fire Church, and YouTube, Fire Church TV. Have a blessed week.